Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. Plenty of people are still feeling the impact from Hurricane Ian and looking for help. But that help can sometimes be a perfect opportunity for scam artists. When news and images broke of the destruction from Hurricane Ian, local Red Cross organizations jumped into action, trying to find ways to assist as quick as possible. Good Samaritans from North and Northwest Indiana are making an impact on disaster relief. Volunteers from St. Joseph, Elkhart, and other counties hoping to help those who are hurting. We currently have nine folks down there now. We also have someone deployed in uh, Puerto Rico doing that same type of work. I'm one of our uh, volunteers from this chapter just returned from the wildfires out west. Those from our area volunteered to help. Marlo says they are ready to go at a moment's notice. Currently we have over 1,500 American Red Cross volunteers down in Florida from all 50 states. They literally stand ready to go down and serve and support. We're a volunteer-driven organization, and without them doing that work, people do not get served. So they, they get ready and trained at home to do exactly this one call. Others in the area are helping victims by donating money or goods. Unfortunately, that act of goodwill could become a target for scam artists. The Better Business Bureau says it's best to stick with companies you're familiar with. Scammers can change their caller IDs and make like a call from a local area code. So once they get you on the phone, they'll use tactics, you know, high-pressure tactics to make you rush into a decision. The best piece of advice is to know the organization you're giving to. Thanks to social media, it's never been easier to help. The same is true for those with bad intentions. Say it's a, uh, 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 a social media request from a friend on Facebook. So don't just click thinking it's a secure site. Even if it's even if, uh, if it ostensibly comes from a friend, get the name, go to the actual website and check it out to verify its accuracy. Wall says to always follow the best rule of scams, which is if it seems like it's too good to be true, it probably is. WSBT 22's Leo Goldman reporting. This school year, schools are cracking down on immunization requirements. Indiana law allows schools to exclude students who are not up to date on immunizations. The required and recommended school immunizations are set by the Indiana Department of Health. This is the list of required and recommended immunizations for Indiana kids for this year. And you can see that the Department of Health sets these immunizations for kindergartners, sixth graders, 12th graders. And these required immunizations protect against things like polio, hepatitis, and chickenpox. Now, the law requires kids to get these required immunizations by the first day of school, but there is some wiggle room. There's a 20-day waiver that schools can offer. After that, though, schools can exclude kids, meaning they can't go to class. For some schools, that deadline has already passed. For others, it's coming up. The deadline for students to get immunized for School City, Mishawaka and South Bend School Corporation is now two weeks away. As of October 17th will be the first day that if students are non-compliant, uh, they will become excluded from school as of that date. They won't be able to come to school until they are um, 
caught up or they begin to be caught up. The problem is many students are substantially behind on those required immunizations. The greatest areas we see are in those those high school grades. I would say we're still on the rebound of getting kids back on track and caught up with immunizations. School leaders and health experts say the pandemic made it more difficult for people to see their doctors. So why over the past two years did we see fewer kids getting those regular immunizations? So the, yeah, throughout the pandemic, we saw um, individuals that um, might have been more fearful to go in for a well child visit. We saw doctor's offices that had been exclusive, right? So they had, you know, minimal patients, minimal contact. Even state leaders are weighing in. The state health commissioner and the Indiana Secretary of Education sent this letter to schools. It says there's been a 10% reduction in childhood vaccination rates among Indiana children over the past two years putting students at risk for serious diseases. So schools are saying, hey, we need, our goal here is to prevent disease, keep kids in school, keep our staff safe. We just wanna make sure that again, we're doing everything and we're arming families with that information. State health leaders and local school leaders in all districts have been sending reminder letters to families and making phone calls in an effort to get children up to date before the exclusion deadline. Because again, at the end of the day, we want kids in school, right? Uh, we want to support them in becoming compliant with the immunizations because it is certainly important. The good news, there is still time. Indiana law allows parents 20 days after the start of the school year to either get those kids immunized, prove they're on track to getting immunized, or apply for a medical or religious exemption. We would typically average 40 religious exemptions per year. This year, uh, we are currently at 80. Uh, and in previous years, we might have one or two medical exemptions because those require doctor's notes. This year, we're up to five. In Elkhart, the 20-day exclusion deadline passed on September 8th. There are still families scrambling to get up to date. For Elkhart Community Schools, as long as a parent provides proof that a student is uh, scheduled to get the immunizations, we allow them to continue to come to school. Many school districts are partnering with the county health departments to hold immunization clinics, ultimately aiming to make it more convenient for families to get up to date. While the goal is to keep kids in school, health and school leaders, along with parents, want them to be safe while they're there. Student health data is protected, which means it's not possible to see whether the kids in class with your child are fully immunized. But you can check out the county and your school's immunization data on the Indiana Department of Health website. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. Indiana's general election is now less than a month away. A new poll last week from Indy Politics and ARW Strategy shows a tight race for Indiana's U.S. Senate seat. It shows incumbent Senator Republican Todd Young at 39 percent support, Democratic Hammond Mayor Tom McDermott at 37 percent, and Libertarian James Seniak polling at 6 percent. You see why it's so close right now, but it also shows 17 percent of voters are still undecided. Senator Todd Young has held his Senate seat since 2017, and before that, he was a representative for Indiana's 9th Congressional District for six years. We asked both leading candidates on how they feel about these polling numbers. Young says he's not putting too much thought into the poll numbers. 
we're not paying a lot of attention uh, to those polls. I know there are a number of people who have questioned uh, the professionalism and validity of them, but I don't spend a whole lot of time looking at anyone's polls. The only polls that matter are, are on Election Day. I'm going to work very hard during the trust and, and continued support of Hoosiers uh, around the state of Indiana, regardless of their political affiliation. Now, on the other side, his leading challenger, Democratic Tom McDermott, has been the mayor of Hammond since 2004. He also served six years in the United States Navy during the Gulf War. McDermott believes the poll is undervaluing key demographics. I think the polls are actually underestimating the power of women voters. I think that a lot of the women that are going to show up to vote are first-time voters. A lot of the people that show up in this election, just like they showed up in Kansas, Alaska, and New York, are first-time voters that are voting on an issue, and they're going to vote Democrat. They're going to vote for me in my race. Early in-person voting for Hoosiers starts October 12th. Also, Indiana absentee by mail ballots must be turned in to county election officials no later than 6 p.m. on Election Day. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. Two investigations are now underway into a video allegedly showing the St. Joseph County clerk entering the ballot storage room alone. The footage is from one day before the May primary election. A former county election board member requested it from an Access to Public Records Act filing. He says it stems from a previous incident over who had access to the storage room. The surveillance camera appears to also show the clerk throwing something away. The attorney for St. Joseph County clerk Rita Glenn, a Democrat, says she was throwing away trash, not voters' St. Joseph County Republicans say they don't know what was thrown away. Instead, they say County Clerk Rita Glenn accessing the ballot storage room raises questions. If a reasonable person who would watch the video the night before the primary would look, look at that and have have questions, so we're just bringing it to the public's attention. Former Republican election board member Ben Horvath says the video is part of a larger investigation into who could get in the room. Leading up to the primary, Glenn claimed Horvath wouldn't respond to her request to access the room. So instead, she entered the room with another Republican staff member with the spare key. Indiana election law states a member from each party must be present when someone enters the storage room. So I requested the video um, just out of interest of, you know, confirming. And we didn't know. I mean, we're not saying that there was absolutely fraud or anything like that. Rita Glenn's attorney, Jim Corbel, argues Glenn tossed out partially empty ballot printer rolls and cardboard and stress allowed to be inside the room alone. All of the ballots at that particular time on the video, there are no ballots in that room. They'd already been removed to be sorted for central count. Indiana law says mail-in ballots can be immediately processed when they're received. Depending on the county, they can begin counting them 6 a.m. on Election Day or immediately after the poll book show they received the ballot. You can send all these two-minute videos that, that you can't see what's happening and make all kind of claims that are just, that's exactly what they are, claims, frivolous claims. Glenn's attorney says she's already met with state police about the investigation. When I asked what would close the investigation, a spokesperson for Indiana State Police said that they can't comment on an active investigation, but all findings will be sent to the county prosecutor's office. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. It's the time of year to be extra cautious on the road because of deer. Fall means deer mating season and car deer incidents spike. Fear for deer. It may be a saying we've heard, but it's actually something you should try and avoid. Fall is the time of the year where deer are on the move for a couple different reasons. While the phrase has been uttered many times over the years, it's not entirely true. Local Highway Patrol say that option is more of a last resort. If you do see them, uh, you know, don't try to swerve away from them because that can get you, um, get you into a bad situation where 
you uh, could be involved in a more serious crash than just hitting a deer. Um, you know, it's not pleasant to hit a deer, uh, but if that's the safest option, that's the option to take. Car deer incidents boil down to two things. Farmers harvesting crops, which result in deer being flushed out of fields. The main cause, though, is deer mating season. Bucks searching for a potential mate, according to Indiana Department of Natural Resources deer biologist Joe Caudell. This time of year, what they do is they break up and they're out visiting where these does live to try to find a doe that's ready to be bred. They're looking for does, they're following their nose. A lot of times they may even be less careful. Due to the mobility of deer, it's difficult to pinpoint where and when these incidents can happen most often. You can see them anywhere. You can see them in more urban areas. You know, here in Mishawaka, you're gonna see them on country roads, state roads, um, you know, and also those roads where we're typically traveling at, at faster speeds. While these types of accidents can happen on any type of road and at any time of day, Sergeant Bonner says there are still precautions that can be taken. When you're driving in those uh, low light times and you can, if you have your high beams on, you can watch for those uh, reflections from the, the, the deer's eyes. The headlights will reflect off of those. Um, and just be prepared and, and slow down safely if you can when you see one. And know that when you see one, you're most likely there's going to be more there because they're they typically are going to travel together in groups. You've heard of deer whistles, but Sergeant Bonner cautions they are not a guarantee to prevent these types of incidents. WSBT 22's Leo Goldman reporting. The St. Joseph County VA Clinic in Mishawaka will soon formally be renamed to honor the late Congresswoman Jackie Walorski, who died along with three others in a car crash back in August. Nearly two months after late Congresswoman Jackie Walorski's shocking death, President Joe Biden putting pen to paper to officially rename the St. Joseph County VA Clinic after her. The measure was passed on to Biden after Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi signed the bill last month, where she was joined by Walorski's family. She worked very hard our veterans on the Veterans Affairs Committee. So this is such an appropriate designation. Walorski sponsored a number of bills while in Congress that focused on veterans affairs. She also worked with veterans often, like Steve Vellner, an Army veteran and quartermaster of the local VFW Post. Vellner says he spent quite a bit of time with Walorski. We actually would do ceremonies with her for to uh, honor veterans. So basically she would get all the paperwork and get all the stuff ready. And then once the medals came in, and she would actually present them. Now the White House has designated the Mishawaka building as the Jackie Walorski VA Clinic. Vellner says it was not just what she did for veterans that made her a champion, but how she treated them. Once you've actually met her one time, and then we didn't do any ceremonies for her for like about a year, she seemed to remember, you know, the guys that were actually on, on the team that showed up, the honor guard. And naming the clinic after her is something Vellner says is much deserved. Uh, there's no other person that would be more worthy of that clinic being named after Jackie Walorski. There's no, nobody in this area that's more deserving of that. This comes just days after President Biden asked where the late Congresswoman was during a press conference. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre says the president planned to welcome the Walorski family to the White House that day and attributes the mistake to the legacy of the late Congresswoman's work being, quote, top of mind. WSBT 22's and Lurie reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 